This is the Volleyball Video Dads Podcast with four guys who don't have all the answers, but do have a lot of opinions. The four of us have uh, found each other. <laughs> all the BD you can get. <laughs> and there it is. It didn't take long. For the video yeah. dad, it's like, hey, I'm, that's my spot. Yeah, I didn't need you to move that net. Someone want to bail me out here? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Hi. Volleyball Video Dads podcast. I'm one of four, Dan. I'm joined with Travel, Matt, two, and... Two of four. <laughs> and amazing. A ten. Three and four of four right three there. Four, four, and four. <laughs> How do we get that rank? Do we, do we decide? Or just, uh, I just said I was no, no particular order at this time. <laughs> but we all know who the amazing one is. He is. Don't we? Yeah, he is. Dan. Jim. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. So it, it's been a, a hot minute since oh, we've man. actually done one of these. Volleyball. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, we, you know, holidays, everything. Good, man. You know, holidays and more holidays and next thing you know it's been mm-hmm. almost a month since we uh since we did one of these maybe yep. maybe it has been a month Travel, you working and- out Mm-mm. no it's, it's the shirt man i'm telling you yeah, i only wear it just because it looks this way i promise you there ain't, there ain't nothing you want to see underneath here i'm just gonna put it out there right now there's a I'm, but as new year's resolutions go i'm working on it man so that a boy give me Attaboy. give me a couple of months and i will be that much closer to being amazing. Just that yeah, much. I don't know if we'll ever make it. Sponsorship. But a, we gotta have goals, there. right? We gotta have goals. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Jim, you guys have a good holiday. I did. I did. It was really good. Really busy. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. asked me what I got for Christmas. What'd you, What'd get, you for- get for Christmas? Hey, Travel. Thanks for asking. That's, yeah, that's nice of you to think of me that way and ask me what I got for <laughs> Christmas. Hey, well, I'm talking on it. My kids got me a new podcast mic. Super excited about it. Got nice. the boom arm and the windscreen. I sound like it's my deep, sexy voice, yeah. and I love it. Oh, you sound amazing. Not, oh, not Jim amazing. Exactly. Matt amazing. amazing. Matt amazing. There, there we go. go. Matt we'll, t- we'll take it, man. We'll take it. Yeah. Sound good. Oh, what about you? What about you? Yeah, what about you, Jim? What's up? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so so busy. Uh, it was a, a break only from work. Um, lots of other stuff going on. I built some aquaponic systems for the backyard, uh, which is pretty cool stuff to do. And uh, and that was just a lot of other stuff. So I didn't get to do any video editing, unfortunately. So I, I failed as the video parent, but. Um, <sighs> Get to redeem myself this uh, coming weekend. We have a, yeah. a nice big tournament in San Antonio, the Countdown uh, Countdown City Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and, uh, I think tournaments are volleyball tournaments are popping the big up. Ones are starting mm-hmm. this that time, man. Yep, Travell and I will be in Oklahoma City this we weekend. Will. We will. We will link up. Hopefully, Matt, we can get together, man, and try to put together some some VD content for you guys. So <laughs> stay tuned for the for the, VD. the 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 VD. The, the episodes of Matt and Travell. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's in the alley behind the hotel. More like the more yeah. like the lost episodes, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Travell keeps sending me these yeah. weird text messages saying, meet me outside at the car. <laughs> what? It may involve a substance. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, there went our PG rating. Yeah, we just. Yep. We might have got like three downloads off of that though, so you can thank me later. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. So, yep. so let's just jump into the volleyball thing. What are, what are we talking about tonight, guys? Matt, Man, it is uh, something super exciting. Uh, I, I personally am am stoked about this one. Uh, I reached out to uh, Shawnee Harley a while ago. Actually, she reached out to me. I found her online, and she reached out to me. And we had a conversation and we scheduled 30 minutes. She's busy. I'm busy. We scheduled 30 minutes. I think we went close to an hour. This conversation was just incredible talking about mental toughness. And she crosses a lot of boundaries with different sports. She's a mental toughness uh, coach. Uh, believe it or not, she's a two-time Olympian. She's an assistant coach for Canada basketball. She's got 27 years of elite coaching experience that involves Olympic games, uh, world championships, uh, FIBA basketball, uh, world university games. Uh, she's a chartered professional coach. She's got a master's degree in coaching studies. Uh, she's a master coach developer. Uh, she's a master learning facilitator with the national coaching certification program where she mentor mentors and trains. Uh, anybody from advanced level to a novice that's getting involved in uh, all sports of, co of, of coaching for different sports and just talking to her. I mean, we just went from one topic to the next topic to the next topic and it was just had me fired. up. I was ready to go back to work. Well, not ready to go back to work, but I was ready to, you know, hit it at work. It was awesome. Oh, it was yeah. a great conversation. So we oh, scheduled some time to get, get her on today and I can't wait to have this conversation because it, it's going to be good. So if we can bring her on and welcome we uh, Miss Shawnee Harley we to, the, to the stage. Can we do the round of applause? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's go. Yeah, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shani, welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah, nice. Cool. I don't know. I was listening to that intro. I'm like, whoa. I'm going to have to get these boys some mental toughness here and get them on track. <laughs> we do need it. We, we, we are volleyball dads, though. So, I mean, we got Fair that enough. for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Shawnee, welcome to the show. So excited to have you on. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I, I, I'm a little bit privy to it because you and I have had some uh, conversations offline. Uh, but I, I am really excited about this episode and uh, all the things that we get to talk about tonight. Wish we had a little bit longer than an hour. Uh, but we, we may, uh, you know, break it out into part two at some point as well, because it's just great information that you have to offer. Just to get started, can you uh, tell us all things about Shawnee uh, from yes. from birth to now? Don't miss a single detail. We want to know it all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all. So, that would be so boring. <laughs> um, I, got, I got to where I am uh, in a very twisty windy road and you know that usually seems the way it happens and uh i was a professional coach for 20 years and uh i coached call you guys you call it college basketball in canada we call it university basketball so i did that for 20 years and i got to see that side of it i got to see it from the coaching side i got to be in two olympics and when i finished coaching i got burnt out i <laughs> got burnt out of coaching which we all do at some point, I decided I wanted to do this mental toughness thing. And what's been so cool about it is I saw it in depth from a coach perspective. And now I get to see it from the eyes of the athlete. And it has been so interesting for me 
to see what's really going on with our athletes. Because for 20 years, I coached these athletes. I look back on that. I was like, what the F was I doing? <laughs> like, I didn't well, know like anything. I, yeah. I didn't know anything. I thought I did. Thought I was doing it great. My team was really successful. We were highly ranked, blah, blah, blah. We won a lot. But now I see it from the other side, how many things that I was missing as a coach. And I, I think that's what's so exciting for me is I get to now help not just athletes, but I get to help coaches and parents because this journey, this thing called sport is really dang hard. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was done when I was out of high school. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough being an athlete, you know, whenever you're playing the game. But, you know, even now stepping into parenthood, it, it's really tough to to handle it, you know, from a parent perspective, trying to help your kid through it, through their struggles, through their triumphs. But then also trying to navigate your own journey, you know, parenting them through the process is is it's interesting. We'll just leave it at that. It's very interesting. It's very uh, it, there's some good times. There's some bad times, some tough times for sure. And uh, that that. That kind of leads into a question, you know, that that uh, you had brought up earlier about the different struggles that athletes face. And I'm curious about, you know, what is, you know, I've got a daughter who plays volleyball. She's 15. I'm curious what she's not telling me. Well, I was going to say, on well, that? I, I was yeah. going to ask before Shawnee says anything, I was going to say, why don't we, as the four of us, tell her what we think the struggles are? And then she can you know, tell close. us what Ooh, parents yeah. are how close we are. All right, because Dan, you I bet you that we're completely different, completely off. Probably. Hmm. You're up first, Ooh, This would be a great experiment. Let's yeah. do it. All right. So why do I get – I just brought this up. I shouldn't be – I should be the one that gets the pick. Well, you brought it up. You, you have to go first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I, we're talking about the struggles of the, of the children, what we think the struggles are for children. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, I'm going to go with – how many do we have to pick? One, two, one? Let's go one. One. Just, one. Just pick one. Just, 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 just do one. one. I think one of the struggles that the kids have to deal with is um, looking at their parents and hoping that they're doing good for their parents. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with, with maintaining a standard that – is probably set by everybody else but themselves. I'll go with that. Okay, that's a good one. I will say judgment from their teammates. Okay, I can see that one. Those are, those are all good. Um, I guess uh, trying to figure out where sport fits in their lives. It, that's like what the, they like, like the grand scheme of sports. Yeah, like, like how how important is, is it in, from day to day? Yeah, is it is Most. it worth missing my prom for? Is it you know worth mm. skipping out on my social life or you know having to work extra hard late nights or work in the car while we're driving to and from practice? Is it worth that? Yeah, mm. that's a good one. Yeah, guys, good answers. Yeah, good answers. Yes. Everyone, every answer that you gave is is correct i mean it's a long list and if i were to 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 put say an over an overarching statement into all of the things that we could list i would say it like this 
The biggest thing that athletes are struggling with is they don't know what to do with how they feel. Mm-hmm. So when you said pleasing parents, that's a feeling. I, when I, what I, I'm worried about disappointing them. So I don't know what to do with that feeling. Um, the other one was meeting expectations. Yeah. Wait, what if I, what if I can't? And then how does that feel? What do I do with that? Another one was judgment. Another one was where does this crazy sport thing fit into my life? If I look at all of those things, those are all problems. And every one of those problems creates a feeling. And for most athletes, the feelings that they struggle with are the negative ones, obviously. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, they, they struggle with the negative. The, I call them the crappy. You know, sport, we have happy and we have crappy. But we get a lot of crappy and we don't yeah. know what to do with it. And this is the biggest struggle that athletes are having. They feel, uh, that's why it's so cool when I get to talk to them. Like they tell me things that they don't tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. They feel like they're not allowed to tell anyone else because what does sport teach? Fake it till you make it. Suck yeah. it up, princess. Just get out there and be confident. It teaches us to deny, avoid, and suppress all of these crappy feelings. But the emotional storm that's going on in these athletes is real. Because think about it. The storm's coming in sport, whether you want it to or not. But the truth is, most of the storms are emotional, not physical. Hmm. And they are ill-equipped and don't know what to do with how they feel. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, Shawnee, I would say the physical is easier to deal with, right? It's, it's very direct, right? You, you've, you've exercised, you've practiced, you've, you've done all the things to physically prepare your body. Um, You know, if somebody's stronger than you or taller than you or faster, Hey, that's just the way it is. You, you, yeah, there's not much you can do about that, but the emotions that come from that. Yeah. You know what? In a, it's kind of like the difference between the art and the science. The the technical, the technical, tactical, the skill part is just so obvious. A, a plus B equals C. But there's an art over here when it comes to our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. If we use the phrase emotional intelligence, if we use the phrase self-awareness, boy, oh boy, that is a lot harder to navigate and there's not a formula that works all of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you, I've, I've seen that firsthand with my, my child. <laughs> Definitely not a formula. No, I mean, I you would... could say, you could say something one day that works and the next day it's like, has no effect. So, uh, if, if you say that kids, athletes, you know, they, they don't feel like they have a safe place to go and talk, what are they doing with these emotions? That's, isn't that such a great question? I see two things. They either have a best friend who they tell everything to, mm-hmm. and they vent, and then they give each other advice. Just think about how that, how well that works. 13 year olds giving advice to 13 year olds. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, know. I know all about that. And they're like, Oh, you should do this. Or you should think this, or you know what? You should just not like them anymore. Or you should. So yep. they, they, they vent, they dump, 
to one person, one or two people that they trust, and then they advise each other, or they suppress. And they try not to have these feelings. They just keep pushing the feelings down. And that's the crappy thing about feelings. Well, in my opinion, the good thing about feelings is they're called feelings because we're supposed to feel them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of them. In fact, feelings bring information. Our body cannot talk to us with words. Hmm. So our body talks to us with feelings. But then where did I start with? Our body's talking to us. And times you want to say to your body, would you shut the hell up right now? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what to do with all that is going on. And there's a lot going on with these, with these feelings. And that's what they do. They vent and take advice from the wrong people or they suppress, avoid, push it down. All the same thing. Mm, Yeah. Neither one of those sound very healthy. No, no. It's, and it seems like a difficult task to accomplish to get through to where you can break through and have them actually give you the information you need to diagnose for better words what they're feeling at that moment right well where i would i would counter that is it's actually quite easy hmm tell me yeah i'm 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 interested tell me more when you when you figure out how to ask the right questions and when you give them a safe place to land when they authentically show up I, I will be in a conversation with an athlete that I just met and in five minutes, and I'm talking on zoom. I've never met them in five minutes. We're into it right now. We are in to the heart of the problem because what I've learned, what athletes want, I do heart work. Why heart work? Because that's where the truth is Mm. and the truth sets us free. They don't know how to go in there and I help them go in there. And then I give them a safe place to land when they get in there and they're like, holy shit, that wasn't what I wanted to see or hear. And I'm like, I know Hmm. it's okay. And what they, here's why they, Matt, you asked, what do they do with these feelings? And I said, they vent to their best friend or they suppress. And what I find interesting is why, why don't we, why aren't there conversations in the locker room? How come they, we don't have great, we don't have healthy conversations with our parents. We shouldn't have healthy conversations with our coaches. Why is that? And you know what, when I ask them, you know, they all say the, everything that I've learned, there are no unique answers. And I'm never like, Whoa, never heard that one before. I'm like, yep. They all say the same thing. They say things like, um, I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. to, to say this thing. I don't want to cry in front of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm worried that it's going to affect my spot on the team. I'm worried I'm going to get laughed at. And so if you go underneath that and we have an or, over, right, overarching phrase, they're worried about being judged mm. for being weak for being soft, for being emotional. They're worried about being judged for being human, in in my opinion, right? Because we're called feelings, we're supposed to feel them. And what I do that I think makes them feel safe very quickly is that I normalize 
feelings. And one of the very first things I asked him in the first two or three minutes is I said, what's, tell me one thing in your sport that you're most afraid of. And do you know what? They're, they're looking at me in the camera. They're like, afraid. And I'm, what I'm like, I'm like, you know what? No one's ever asked you that before, have they? And they're like, nope. And that means you haven't thought about it. Yep. And so I go right to, I go right to it immediately. Um, because the, that's the truth. It's always our fear that stops us from showing up as our greatest self. Hmm. So the moment I can get down right in there and figure out what their greatest fear is, now we're talking. And in 15 minutes, yeah. they I can help them shift and give them some tools. So along those lines, what is, what is the objective, right? It's because everybody has feelings, right? And we need to be Mm -hmm. able to acknowledge them and be honest about what they are. Um, But at the same time, you can't let your feelings uh, rule you or control you, right? You have to be able to understand them and accept them and then get the job done. And preferably you do that kind of in alignment with your feelings, if you can manage it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sometimes those feelings, like you said, fear, right? Um, they can be a challenge to uh, harness in a healthy way. Jimmy nailed it. Jeez, you read my mind. I'm like, holy cows, he should be the mental toughness coach on this he show. Is. He is um, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, <It's> my wife. <laughs> what, I, what I believe is that part of mental toughness emotional intelligence, self-awareness, we can use whatever phrase works for us, is that high performers don't allow their feelings to drive their behavior. So if you, if we take it to a five-year-old and a five-year-old, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like eating my vegetables. Oh, you know what? It's okay. You don't, don't eat your vegetables. What if your kid woke up? You know what, mom and dad, I don't feel like going to school today. Oh, you know what? Then you should just stay home and watch TV. Because there's a lot of things we don't feel like doing. <laughs> but if we allow that to drive our behavior, you can see where that, that takes us. It takes us away from our greatest self. So I think that mental toughness is we learn to manage how we feel. And then we make decisions about what to do with how we feel. Because decisions decide destiny. And we get to choose. If I said we don't let feelings drive our behavior, then what's what's supposed to drive our behavior? Well, in my opinion, it's our thoughts. We have more say over our thoughts than our feelings. Mm-hmm. So fear is a feeling. And if I let it drive my behavior, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm never gonna hit the ball hard when it's set to me. I'm just always gonna roll it over the net. I'm never gonna do my jump serve on game point. I'm never, if I let fear, if I let fear do that. And so I think mental toughness is we take the feelings and then we get to choose what to think about how we feel, which is different than avoiding how we feel. This brings in the emotional intelligence. I know what to do with how I feel. And I can take that crappy feeling and decide, am I going to let this feeling be the boss of me? Or am I going to be the boss of it? 
these are actually decisions and choices that we can make. And mental toughness is a skill. That means you get better at it when you practice it. Yeah, so you got to do it consistently to be able to consistently make good decisions. So this is a skill you're saying, which I agree with. There has to be tools and and uh, practices that you can perform mm-hmm. to get better at this once you realize that you have a situation where you're not mentally tough. What would you recommend for somebody, let's say, who doesn't show emotion on the court, doesn't show any of that. And we, now that we have the, we as parents have this knowledge, how do us as parents help or give the, give that child the tools to unlock that so that they can work on it? Great. I'll give you my, my magic formula. There's no magic formula, people. There's no magic here. Come on. That's like saying I'll give you a magic pill and you're fixed forever. Mm-hmm. I will give you my formula, and it works most of the time. It doesn't work all the time. It works most of the time. This is, this is I teach a three-step formula. Step one is WAIT, W-A-I-T. It's an acronym. Hmm. It's an acronym for what am I thinking Do you know half the time the athletes don't even know what they're thinking? They're just, there's just all these thoughts running around in their head, like unsupervised children. And they're just like, Oh, I guess they're just random. So much of what they do is random because they don't know what's going on. So I'm like, let's go wait. What am I thinking? It's an acronym. The other thing I like about wait, it means that wait, pause, take a moment. Take a breath, step away, have a drink of water. Wait stands for what am I thinking? And when we are using this formula, what I can guarantee is that the thing that they're thinking is a negative thought. It's a fear-based thought. I'm afraid of losing. What are people thinking about me sitting on the bench? Oh my goodness, I suck. I just got roofed. What did people... It will be it will be some kind of a negative, negative self-talk. Let's just put it that way, because everybody knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't change our thinking if we don't know what we're thinking. And so wait is like, oh my goodness, listen to me right now. I'm being so negative. I'm being so whatever. So it's a negative, there will be a negative thought. Step two is shift. So shift works like this. So I say to the athletes, okay, tell me what you, and I take them through this. Tell me what you're thinking. And they can tell me a million negative thoughts. How come I'm not playing? I missed the serve. What did they think? I suck, blah, 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 blah. And so I ask them, when you have those thoughts, do you feel strong or do you feel weak? Every single one of them says, I feel weak. I'm like, I know. So Hmm. then we go shift. And I say, what are some thoughts that you can choose that make you feel strong? Do you know that half the time when I ask them in that, they can't even think of one? I can't even. Because they are so programmed. I was trying to think of one and I couldn't. I can't think of one either. Yeah. Yeah. I I go blank. Think about it. I sit there. I sit there and I wait and I try and be patient. And I'm like, holy crap. 
they are so programmed into the negative. And so I'm like, okay, shift to a thought that makes you feel strong. And they're like, hmm. Hmm. and I'm like, okay, do you want me to give you a hint? They're like, yeah. I'm like, tell me one thing that you're good at. Mm-hmm. And some of them, honestly, they have to go. I'm like, it takes you that long to tell me one thing that you're good at. I'm like, so this shows me the the narrative that plays in their brain over and over and over and over. Oh, yeah. I was read. There is a study that says we have up to sixty thousand thoughts a day. Eighty percent of them are negative, negative. and ninety wow. and ninety five percent are repetitive. Wow. And this bears out in my because I asked them, what's one thing that you're good at? They can't think of it because they've been repeating the negative. So I'll ask them, what's one thing that you're good at? I will ask them things like, what have you spent time practicing? I said, have you, have you put in the work? What's your resume? What's your, what's your resume? Can you tell me about your resume? They'd be like, oh man, yeah, like I'm in the gym five days a week. I'm in the weight room. I'm like, okay. And so, <laughs> but I really have to poke them. And I, I get them to start making a list. I said, when you have those thoughts, do you feel strong or do you feel weak? They're like, I feel strong. Hmm. Now, it's important that the listeners are being, oh, Shawnee, that's some fluffy bullshit stuff. I'm like, I don't let them tell me fluffy bullshit. Sits. I'm like, you have to tell me something that you can do that's in your control. You have to provide proof and evidence Mm-hmm. that you can do this thing that yeah. you've done this thing that you have a resume for this thing mm-hmm. so it's not just some fluffy stuff wait shift choose hmm. and choose now i have to take the thoughts that i just shifted to that make me feel strong now i ask them to choose a courageous action because courage is a choice okay. so how would you choose courage and they're like, well, I would try my jump serve on game point. I'm like, that's right. Next time I get set, I'm swinging as hard as I can. Yes. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's a courageous action. So this is the formula that I get them to practice. And doesn't it sound nice? Do you know how terrible they oh, are yeah. at it? It's simple. It sounds very <laughs> simple. Yeah. But they're better at it. They get better at it. And then I coach the parents. They're like, oh my goodness, Shawnee, I'm driving my kid to the rink and they're so nervous. I'm like, use the formula. Ask them, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. What should you shift to? And what will you choose? Yeah, that doesn't sound like anything that I've tried to tell my kid. It's more like, hey, swing harder on the next ball or something like that. You know, What's going on out there? And I wonder why (laughs) I say that. I wonder why I say that. (laughs) <laughs> five times a week and i get the same result yeah you don't even get a result do you no, right. no not at all right they and, usually and end now, up not swinging on the next one because they exactly, don't want to fail because you're exactly, yelling at them right exactly and it's probably because they're they they are afraid to mess up what i'm telling them to do i i see why i'm getting the results that i'm getting now yeah so, so johnny I'm, gotta- I'm curious about this if um this sounds like you know when you say wait you know, we need to pause. We need to think about something. And I'm putting myself, I say put myself, I'm thinking about my daughter in a game situation. 
and maybe she just missed a set or she missed a kill or she missed a serve or whatever. And now she's having these negative thoughts, but you're saying, Hey, wait, you can't really call a timeout so that she can wait. Right. It's good. So I'm thinking, how long is this process? You know, but then I'm also curious, does this work like muscle memory? You know, that you start to do it and maybe the first time it takes you five minutes and the next time maybe four and a half and then you're down to three, two, you know, one minute, minute. Does it speed up or is this like a long process? Can you talk through that a little bit? Oh, so good. Such a great, Mm. that's such good insight. You can see that in sports, um, like a a closed sport versus an open, like think about golf. Like think how much time you'd have to do this. You'd have tons of time to do this in golf as an example. Mm -hmm. Less time in a sport where the action's going back and forth. More time when you're sitting on the bench, right? Or there's a timeout. Yeah. But Matt, what ends up happening is you start getting good at it. You don't even go through the three steps anymore. I'm going to give you an example um, because I use this for myself. I play pickleball and I'm pretty good. And I play competitively. And the other day I was playing and I was trying to do the little safe, the little short game. And (laughs) and I was just... And I just went, and right as soon as I heard myself say the F-bomb, my next thought was, give me that ball and I'm shoving this thing down your throat. So I don't have to go through the three steps anymore. I catch myself. There you are, Shawnee, having your little hissy fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then I, yeah. and then it's like LFG. So I can shift, I can shift probably in four seconds right in the middle of a pickleball match, but that's because I, I practiced it. So the form, the, the process starts getting much more concise. I don't have to think, I just know I have to catch myself and then I have to be courageous. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, honestly, I think that's something that adults, you know, and working life, uh, you know, just a general population, we, we struggle with recognizing our emotions and recognizing our thoughts and the, the effect they have on ourselves, right? You hear about self-talk and, you know, just like you said, right? I used to do that when I was a kid. I would struggle in the sport. I, I had many tantrums playing racquetball with my dad growing up. And I would just, my inner dialogue as I think back and as I've gotten older and hopefully a little bit wiser is I just, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I was talking myself into doing worse and worse because of how I spoke to myself and how I dealt with the emotions I was having. Instead of oh, yeah. saying, all right, timeout, you know, and mental timeout, right? It's, it's milliseconds. Our brains work really fast, right? Once you get oh, yeah. practiced at it, you realize, okay, this is bad. I'm, I'm talking myself into a pit. I need to stop. I need to put the shovel down and start building myself some stairs. So I have, thanks, Jim. That's great. I have a question though. So I'm just thinking about like all the scenarios with emotions with my children in, in club sports hockey now and volleyball mm-hmm. my my daughter my my middle daughter who still well doesn't play now but has been playing she's very emotionless so it's very hard as a parent now before this conversation to recognize that but i can look back from what you've told me shawnee and i can see the situations my son is in the same situation as a hockey player he's 13 on a club team but he is by far the worst player on the team. 
and meaning this, he just started skating literally six months ago and he makes a team because it's just the extras on the team. So he goes on, he skates, he plays as hard as he can, but he's very emotionless like my middle child who played very well in club volleyball. Should I be, is there any certain questions or probing probing questions that I should be asking to make sure that he is working through emotions? Because now that we're talking, I don't know if he's actually, if he's actually suppressing emotions or if he's just having fun out there because he really doesn't talk about it. So is there something as a parent, could we see, is there something that we could see as a parent that we could help pull that information out if there is an issue? That's such a great question. I'm over here kind of nervous right now because I'm like, what am I missing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking too. Because here I'm saying, oh yeah, my son really loves it, but does he? I don't know. Yes. Remember, remember I said a few minutes ago when I, the number one thing within the first three minutes, I asked, what's the, what's the thing that you're most afraid of in your sport? And they don't even answer. They're looking at me in the camera, like, what's she talking about? Cause I'm like, nobody's ever asked you that again, being able to talk about express show emotions in a healthy manner is also a skill. And we, as parents and coaches, we aren't very good at asking. We're very good at telling, directing, mm, and lecturing. Yeah. And we oh, tell you how you're supposed to think and feel. Just dads. Guilty as charged. <laughs> and so, I mean, you could say things like, um, hey, how did it? I always tell parents, use. So I tell parents, think about what's the difference between head questions and heart questions well first of all we don't ask questions we tell direct and lecture but let's say you were trying to practice asking good questions because this Mm -hmm. is how we learn about our kids our athletes we ask things like how did it go Mm -hmm. how many kills did you get Mm -hmm. how much playing time did you have Mm -hmm. those are all head questions they and there that's not where we connect we connect with our heart uh how did it feel when you didn't get as much playing time as you thought you were going to how did it feel when you hit the net on match point how did it feel when your critical teammate raised their eyebrows at you when you messed up the serve receive. So everything is a, I'm trying to come into, I'm trying to come into their heart. Here's other heart questions. Um, On a scale of one to 10, how courageous did you feel in the first game compared to the second game? Can you think of any times where you took some risks and got uncomfortable. And then they say, and athletes would tell me, yes. And, the, and I'm like, and how did that feel? Like, were you ready to pee your pants when you got ready to do that courageous thing? Like, how did you do that? How did you make yourself do that courageous thing? Yeah. And they're like, well, I, and I, and then I just, then I just sit and listen. And then I ask another heart question and I just keep probing with questions that tap into their heart. 
Wow. That's so good. I, I'm loving this stuff, but I'm also sitting over here with, you know, I feel like I'm getting my toes stepped on because I, I see all the mistakes that I've made, you know, yeah. over the years of concentrating yeah. on, you know, I, I say, what happened here? Why did that happen? What, what was the coach thinking there? What was that player thinking over there? Why did they why do that? Did, why didn't you do this? Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, I don't, I don't know. Just add, can I? I need to add to that last thing that uh, Travel that you just said. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, Matt, um, join the club of regret. <laughs> I told you I was I was a professional coach for twenty years. I didn't know any of this. My grandpa always used to say, "So soon, old; so late, smart." Mm. So, at least we're getting there. Yeah. Um, what I, I want to bring up something. This is really important because Travel said it. So you can ask a question like, well, what were you thinking there? Yeah. That's not a question. (laughs) It is. You can put an exclamation (laughs) point on the end of it if you wanted to do it grammatically correct. But the intention is Mm -hmm. not a question. The intention is guilt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The intention is guilt. I I want to show you that you were wrong, but I'm going to do it indirectly so it doesn't hurt quite Mm -hmm. so much. But this is what athletes tell me all the they, athletes yeah. tell me this all the time. Yeah, my parents they they know my parents this and that, and they're like, yeah, they try to say it like this, but I know what they really mean. We mm-hmm. are fooling them. They mm-hmm. are so freaking smart. So when we ask, what were you thinking out there, is different than, hey, on that point when you said it to your outside hitter. Instead of a quick set, quick set down the middle. What were you thinking? If we are truly want to connect with our kids and our athletes and we ask questions, the intention is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Not here, let me show you how much I know by pretending I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. but really I'm going to give you the answer in just one Oof. moment. Yeah. So no, I want to, I want to add to that and I want to emphasize that. The four of us are smarter than we give ourselves credit for <laughs> because that is exactly what we talked about in some other previous episode where we talked about having our daughters teach us about the sport That's instead true. of us acting like authorities. Because I promise you, I don't know more about playing nope. libero than my daughter does. Mm-hmm. I ask her questions so that she teaches me. Because I, I legitimately don't understand. I don't know. And I want her to explain it to me. And so I, I phrase questions to her to teach me. So that just like Shawnee said, I'm not the authority. I'm not there to show her up and tell her how to do this or that. This is her sport, not mine. So she's going to tell me. When we ask good questions, here's what ends up happening that I think is just so fascinating. When we ask good questions, to me, it's the best way to do feedback. Hmm. Because feedback is a mirror. I hold it up so that you can see yourself better. I said a while ago, these athletes do not have any clue. Their self-awareness is low. Emotional intelligence is low. They don't even know what's going on. But when we start asking good questions, hey, on match point, when sudden, I'm putting up a mirror. A mirror causes us to self-reflect. Because where do we want the answers to be? Mm -hmm. In the middle of the shit storm. 
Who do we want to save them? Themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Themselves. And when we tell, direct, and lecture, we take away the greatest opportunity that we should be giving them, Mm -hmm. equipping them to be their own hero, to be problem solvers that can save themselves. That is, that's really good. My daughter accuses me of mansplaining all the time when I start lecturing. <laughs> yeah, so whenever she either starts rolling her eyes or taking a nap or whatever, I I get the hint. You know, I'm talking too much instead of listening, and that's really what that's really what she's getting yeah. at when she says stop mansplaining. She's really just saying listen to my heart, right? Is what she's saying to me is listen to that, and I'll give and, you the answers that you're looking for. That's really really, the- really good stuff. Yeah. And over the years, I've found that what you just said, Shawnee, asking those questions, you get more conversation out of your child when you ask them that, like what you said, what the scenario, what was, what happened, not what happened there, but, you know, can you explain to me this scenario? And it like, it pours out and you can get a 20 minute conversation. Like you're like, like your best friend standing right next to her and you get all the information. Right. Not like, why did you do this wrong? And, and, and trust me, I've been there. I've, I realized, you know, we've all had this conversation where, you know, we sit, we're sitting in the car on the ride home and we're like, what happened? You know, and we're like, mad for them, but we're not mad. They're not mad. They're just embarrassed and, and frustrated and, you know, sad because they let us down, you know, when it's not even our sport, like Jim says, you know, so it's, we've all been in that situation and I I've, I've found that moving out of that situation and asking more questions about well, what was going on with so-and-so on the team or asking, you know, like, you know, how is this going or, you know, just things that aren't, you know, why didn't you do this or yeah. mansplaining <laughs> or not mansplaining, but you know what I mean? Like it's not mm-hmm. men suck at like getting emotions out we're all about telling people what to do. And I, yeah. you know, with girls in volleyball, I mean, every point is a failure if you don't win, you know, every, yeah. every point, yeah, it's, it's, it's a game of failure. Great perspective. All day long. Yeah. It's a game of yeah. failure. How to so, overcome yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, you, you put it perfectly. I mean, that's in a nutshell. That's it. Yeah. Hey, Shawnee, so, I, I had a question. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan, you were going. Oh, that's okay. I'm done. I'm done. No. So I had a question. You hit on something there that for me, uh, and my wife as sports parents now, which is mm-hmm. still weird for me to think about that. Um, one of the things we want our daughters to get out of sports is being self-reliant, learning how to look within themselves to overcome adversity. As you work with these athletes and more specifically their parents, do you see that perspective from the parents that it's not just about winning a championship. It's not just about getting a scholarship or playing time or whatever that there's, that's what sports used to be about was those lessons you learned about life and what you can accomplish. Do you see that still from the parents that you work with? No. Hmm. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Well, I have to, I have to add to that. I think that if we want to help our kids and our athletes handle their greatest fear, we have to first handle our own. And I think that when, if I ask parents, because parents are 
they're over over everything over managing over lecturing over functioning over everything and so i asked them so when do you what what's your why when you first when you first started this journey why did you put your kids in sport and they can give me all of these answers and what i'm trying to point out to them is there's a difference between goals and values goals are what we do values are who we are and we put our kids in sport because of the values that sport brings sport builds character well not only that sport reveals it and sport mm-hmm. also reveals the character of the parents uh-huh. nice. so i think it's important for us to remember wouldn't it be nice if there was a scholarship down the road but that that's the goal but what are the values that we believe in every single day and are the parents role modeling the values and so really i i really believe every parent wants to be a great parent they want to be sitting in the stands being a contributor not a contaminator mm-hmm. they just sometimes forget and they oh get gosh. off a track yeah. and so oh we have to go back into their heart we have to, parents have to tap back into their heart Jim, what I find the parents that have the hardest time remembering their why is because they haven't faced their deepest fear. And for almost every parent, the fear is what if my kid's not good enough to get what the starting lineup to get this team, to get that team and eventually get a scholarship. What if my kid gets left behind? So if you haven't faced that fear, it's going to be pretty hard to focus and pay attention to your values. Can, can yeah. we give Shawnee a high, a, a round of applause for that one? Yes. Oh, that's, that's man. That's amazing. That's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank it's, you. For yeah. That. I mean, I, I'm just going to interject this because what you just said, I can totally relate to a real life situation. And my daughter played, plays, played club volleyball at a high level and she was very good. And she always played. And my son plays hockey in a club level doesn't play is not very well worst person on the worst player on the team but the the you can see the parents like worried about my son not playing getting playing time on game day like i'm just he's there for the experience he's there for ice time he's there to because he enjoys putting skates on and hitting a puck around and these you can tell these some parents they just they can't grasp that like they're worried that he's not playing they're worried that we're upset because he's not playing. I don't care. I, you know, I paid for him to, to learn hockey and for him to build values, not to get, you know, all the goals and play all the time. I don't care about that, but I didn't realize that until I put him into hockey. Now I was that parent that was over here watching, you know, like I'm not, I'm not saying my, I wanted my daughter to play college ball, but she was on that level of playing college ball. Like I want her up here. I want to keep pushing her to go to this level and to this level because yeah. I didn't get that opportunity when I was a kid. So I'm trying to have it do it. I'm not saying that, that that's what I wanted, but I, I might have to say it out loud and, and I'll say it out loud. It's probably why she's not playing now. Oh, you know? yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> going to have to go Ooh, get the over here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't but it, um, you know, you're, I, I really appreciate um, I appreciate the vulnerability and 
uh, you know, we're all kind of looking in the mirror right now and it's healthy. It's not easy, but it's yeah. certainly healthy. Yeah. I, I think I, when I started at the beginning, I said, what, what's the biggest problem that athletes have? And then you, every one of you said your thing. And then I said, the biggest problem is they don't know what to do with how they feel. Mm-hmm. May I also say the same thing about parents? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. ever wanted to yeah. have a feeling? If you ever wanted to have a feeling, sit in the stands and watch your kid compete or sit mm-hmm. on the bench or whatever. If you ever wanted to have a feeling and mm-hmm. parents don't know what to do with the crappy feelings that come up. It's so much easier for the parents of the kids that are really good that play yeah. all of the time. Mm-hmm. They have different, it's different. Yes. Yeah. 100%. If, if we don't know what to do. So this is how I say to parents, I said, so what I'm hearing is you don't know what to do when you don't get what you want. Wow. You, you don't know what to do with those feelings because what you oh, want is your no. kid to be the star, your kid to be on the first line, your kid yep, to get yep. the most kills, the yep. scouts to be all yep. over the place, and you're getting emails, and the Div 1 road is going to be paved yeah. with gold nuggets. And then when there we don't get that, now mm. the fear-based behaviors kick in yep. big time. The flight oh or fight. Gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all ready for part two? Oof. And, and then followed by part three because this is getting good. Oh, this yeah. is getting so I mean, good. Cliffhanger! <laughs> that's what you got. I just looked at the time. You son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, I want to. I don't know if this is a question. It's more of a statement, maybe a rant, uh, a little bit of personal feeling involved mm-hmm. in it. But Shawnee, maybe yeah. you can speak to it a little bit. I think it aligns somewhat with what we've been talking about for about the last ten or fifteen minutes. In the volleyball world, we're all sitting in the stands and there's certain things that parents yell from the stands, you know, talk, communicate, (laughs) hustle, swing, you know, just different things that they're yelling at to their kids. I have a problem with that. I used to do it. I have a problem with that. And a lot of it had to do with something that you had shared uh, on your Facebook page that, you know, why do coaches yell? Why do parents yell? do you really think that your kid is out there trying to mess up? You know, do you think that's what their, that's their goal is that they want to mess up so that you can yell at them. We've talked about a little bit about, you know, why parents are doing what they're doing. Can you just speak to that? Maybe give a message to the parents about, Hey, you know, Travell and I, well, Jim's uh, kid, we're all playing this weekend and our daughters are going to listen to some stuff from the stands. What would you say to parents right now about their yelling and behavior from from the stands well i would ask a question and my question would be for whose benefit is the yelling for whose benefit are the instructions and if we're telling the truth Hmm. it's usually for our own and this is when we get to practice emotional intelligence and self-awareness is Often what parents say from the stands, they do it because that's how they make themselves feel better. Mm -hmm. So what if we practice courage? What if we tried courage and said, it's not my daughter's job to perform this action in this way so that I feel better. And so I'm going to practice sitting here and managing. I'm going to sit in the discomfort of saying nothing for one point 
Let's see if I can do one point. And then, oh, what if I can do two points? Because to, to move through all of these feelings that we have, we have to be able to tolerate the discomfort of yeah. sitting in the thing that we don't like to feel. Mm-hmm. Crappy. Uh, crappy. Yeah. But when you practice tolerance, it grows. Oh, yeah. We get better at tolerating and the feelings start to change. And now we don't have this impulse to have to say it every single second when we have practiced saying, you know what? I understand that when I say that, this is just for my own benefit. I, I didn't come to this volleyball games for my daughter's play to provide therapy for me. Hmm. I need to fix myself. I need to manage my emotions as best yeah. I can. So an, another word that has courage in it, is encouragement and Mm. that is that is what i focus on um i don't say as much as i used to uh mostly because i'm behind the camera yeah it records everything i say um but my focus is as as a cheerleader for the girls is exactly that i'm there to support them i'm not there to coach them or to chastise or criticize or tell them what to do um you know, let's encourage our girls. If you're going to say anything, right. It's, I try to focus on that more positive, you know, mindfulness of them having fun and enjoying the experience uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to tell them to hit harder or whatever, you know, pass better. Like instead of doing a thing, a task, right. Focus on the feeling of, you know, trying to enjoy it. But even that to your point, Shawnee is a little bit of, now I'm trying to tell them how to feel about it, right? So maybe some of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all good self-awareness. I I would say, have, have has, has anybody ever asked your daughter, what would hmm. you, when I'm watching you play, what would you like me to stop saying? What would you like me to start saying? What would you like me to do less of? What would you like me to do more of? You could so say. What's, what, what if we take that as an assignment? Great. Yeah, I, I would have never thought before you said that. I would have never thought to go and ask her that. Like it just, it wasn't even a thought Great. in my head to, to ask her what did she like to hear or not like to hear from me on the sidelines. Yeah. So I, I will say, I've already asked my daughter that. We have, um, and I can share the answer. Is uh, she said she doesn't really care. <laughs> she, she, um, she doesn't. But I, dis- to us anyway. I disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. By the way, she does care. And she hears everything you say. She does hear. Um, she actively. Um, she gets a kick out of us. Uh, but like I said, we've, we're very practiced in how we speak to her on the court and, right. and her teammates. Uh, what if I, then, Jim, what if you said this then? So it's different than what my first question was. What if you said to her, what's one thing that I can do? to help you show up as your greatest self. I'll do that. Maybe yeah. there's just a different I, I love way those... of phrasing it. Yeah. I love those kinds of questions. Hmm. I'd make it more than anything. I love them because it makes, it makes us think and it makes them think. Well, it's, um, yeah, like, like you said correct. at the start of this, yeah. right. They've never been asked. What are they afraid of? They've never been asked to yeah. think about uh, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I never so thought I'm, I'm all about like, it as a parent. You know, yeah. I never even thought of that. I just no, show up, watch the, 
watch the wins and losses. Yeah. You know? Yell when they score, scream when they don't. I mean, <laughs> that's the life of a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and it's – You've like been years. doing it wrong this whole no, time. You know? the, whole, the whole time wrong. <laughs> the good thing wrong, is you got more kids. So Wrong as hell. Well, I got more opportunities. <laughs> wrong you'll as you'll hell. get it right more, eventually. I got more opportunities to get it right, so I think we're going to be good yep. going forward from now. Yep, for sure. Hey, guys, we are pretty much out of time. It is straight part up two. nine o'clock over here. Wait, 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 <laughs> one more thing before you cut this off. What do we, we have yeah. takeaways? Yeah. Well, how's it get yeah. to it? You okay, just got to give me a minute over here. You got to let me finish, Dan. All right. I got excited. This is, what <laughs> this is what happens when I get excited. What were you thinking, Dan? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have my assignment. It's my <laughs> last question on my sheet here. I was going to follow it to the T. <laughs> it's now 9.01. We're now pushing the limits here. It's all my Johnny. fault. I apologize. <laughs> I go sit on the barrel. Yes. Please <laughs> let the record show that the gentleman from Wisconsin took up my time today. Shawnee, <laughs> back to you. Can you wrap us up today? Give us some top takeaways, you know, from this conversation or maybe something that we didn't cover. What's something that parents need to hear? Well, Maya Angelou said, when we know better, we do better. And I think we're expecting a lot of our athletes. And I think it'd be awesome if we started expecting more of ourselves. I gave the formula weight shift choose how we can help our athletes with it. But what if we used it as well? It's a practical tool that if you can't remember anything else that we talked about this evening, mm -hmm. weight shift choose can help all of us show up as our greatest self. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's good. I don't want to say anything else. Let's just wrap it up there because that's that's yeah. money. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect it. place to end it. Yeah. Hey, we didn't cover it, Shawnee. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you for some uh, some mental toughness coaching? Oh, my website. They can see it. Oops, there it is. That's my <laughs> website, shawneeharley.com. Everything is um, what you need. Anything that you need is there. I'm on social media. My handle is Shawnee Harley. Yeah, I would encourage everybody, uh, you guys, as well as any listeners uh, that are on now or in the future. Yeah. Uh, uh, I found Shawnee on, on Facebook, and she puts out some amazing content. It's really short content, so it's not something where you've got to devote hours to sit down and read through a blog or watch a video. It's short snippets, and it's amazing stuff. It definitely makes you think and ask some questions, so I encourage everybody to go check her out on, on Facebook and check out her website for sure. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And then also, yeah, obviously, yeah, if everybody's uh, anybody's watching, go like and like us on Facebook, Volleyball Dads. We got a group going over there, a bunch of dads talk about volleyball and all that fun club stuff that happens that, that doesn't have to relate to the moms and all the drama that goes on over there. Just a bunch <laughs> of guys talking about, about sports and, and, and food. So you can go check us out over there. Also, make sure you guys, if you guys are watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Um, and uh, that's all I got. Anybody else going to put no. sense Don't forget to check no, us out no. on Spotify, iTunes, all the all yep. the audio all the podcast podcasting. Major streaming. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Absolutely. All right. Until next time, two weeks from yep. now. See you in two yeah. weeks. We'll see, see you all. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Thank Sean. you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah.